nothing like the word of God. There's nothing like the spirit of God. For a few days, a few weeks before I came to the Lord, I would be sitting in church and the saints would be praising God. The deacons and the preachers would be praying and my eyes would start filling up with water and I'm saying, no. I said, I'm going to go cry. run, but you can't hide. And it was so liberating when I lifted up my hands and said, God, save me. Deliver me, God. Forgive me of my sins. And he did just that. So praise the Lord. Y'all just praise the Lord with me today. Amen. My, my heart is just overjoyed. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, I tell you, my very soul cries out, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Anybody just praising God for being saved today? Amen. Any believers in the house who love Jesus? Amen. How in the world could a man think, well, I, I love Jesus more than I love my kids and my wife? How can that be? Because that's how God is, see? Because if I didn't know the Lord, I wouldn't know how to love my wife. I wouldn't know how to love my children. I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't even know how to love my enemies if it wasn't not for the grace of God. So, I listen, I am excited. Amen. I thank God for Jesus. Well, you see the subject for today. Somebody may say, now, who done made Jesus mad? You know, the day that Jesus went off. We live in a time where a lot of folks is going off. I mean, folks is mad about everything. I dare you to look at the news for 10 minutes. And you'll see the hostility. You'll see the anger. You'll see, and, and most times, folks is, is mad about nothing. You see mother against daughter and father against son, husbands against wives, folks mad and punching folks out. You know, uh, uh, that's the way of the world. So you've got fleshly anger. You've got But, but see, you also have righteous indignation. You, when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the God of the universe. We're talking about the one who, who came through 42 generations to save a wretch like you and I. You know, I, I'm just sorry. I, I, I just keep thinking about freedom today. I'm, I, you know, being free in Christ no longer bound, no more chains holding me. God, thank you. Thank you for where you brought me from. God, thank you for where you're taking me to. Thank you for where I am right now. God, to God be the glory for the great things that he has done. God is yet healing. Praise the Lord. We all know Sister Karen Bundy. We know Sweetie. We call her here at, Oak, at, at Three Peas. And, and I'm telling you, she's at a place now. She's got a testimony. What was it, three or four days ago, her, her heart rate went down to 22 beats per minute. Before they knew anything, she was out. I can't tell it all because we, we already told her, well, you've got to come to church and give your testimony. But she died on the table. She told Sandy and I yesterday at the sister's living place, she said, I didn't know dying was going to be that easy. <laughs> She said, it wasn't no problem. She said, the worst thing I had was the folks pumping on my chest to bring me back. 
But the Lord blessed Karen. And he has touched her body. And, and, and she, she was just elated yesterday talking about the goodness of the Lord. She sent our text message this morning. <laughs> Study to show yourself approved under God. I said, look at here. Look at God. And so God is good, 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 good. So let me tell you why I kind of came to this uh, subject today. You know, Jesus came to save that which was lost. Jesus came to his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Thank you, God. We, we, we are heirs of God, and we are joint heirs with Christ. But one thing that we have found to be true, that God is holy. How many know God is holy? So much so, the word say, be ye holy, for I am holy, said the Lord. He said, touch not the unclean thing. How, well, God, how can I be holy like you? See, and and, and it, it, it encompasses the word sanctified. To be set apart, which when something or someone is set apart for the use of God. And we all here are sanctified today because God has a plan for each one of us. I remember somebody used to say that, the quote the old song say, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Uh, sometimes he would use that as a cop out. Say, watch, I'm going to go off on you, but then just be patient with me. Because <laughs> God ain't through with me yet. But no, no, but when you earnestly understand it from your heart, you know that, hey, you know what? I'm growing in grace. I'm growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that, that God is holy, and he wants us to be holy, and he wants to reverence the house of God. This is why we learn, even in our churches today, that when, when, when uh, the word is going, it's being read, right, then, then you'll see across the land, across the globe, that people stand up in reverence of the word. You'll, you'll find out that, that when someone is praying, somebody, somebody may be on their way to the icebox to get a water out, and they find that somebody's praying, and they stop. And they reverence, you know, the house of the Lord, uh, that prayer to that name that's above all names is going forth, you know. And, and so Jesus, again, came on the scene, saved that which was lost. Uh, you remember the first miracle that Jesus did was at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. Of all places, but Jesus put his stamp of approval on marriage. He, 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 it was time for him to manifest himself, and, and he did that. His, his mother said, look, whatever he say, just do it. You know, she, she knew, she recognized who Jesus was, and so the next thing that Jesus did, he made his way over to the temple. See, remember when he was 12 years old, he said, didn't you, mom, dad, didn't y'all know that I need to be about my father's business? Behold, I come in the volume of the book to do thy will, O oh God. Jesus, the God-man. Jesus, the anthropos. Jesus, fully God and fully man. Jesus, our Savior, the Holy One. Nothing was made that is made without him, because he's the one who made it. He is to be revered, to be reverenced, to be worshipped, to be adored. 
according to the word of God. Now, the devil may tell you, you ain't worth 10 cents, <laughs> you know. But God said you're worth more than the sand on the sea. You're worth more to me than all the stars in the heavens. Because he says, I created you in my image and in my likeness, and I crowned you with my glory. Thank you, God. When God created man, he said he was very good. Everything else is just good. Monkeys and, and, and giraffes are just good. Trees and the birds and all that, just good. But when he created man, he said, that's very good. So that's the God who created all things. So Jesus, who come in the flesh, we pick up the, the passage here in verse 13 of St. John chapter 2. It's very interesting. I'm going to try to get through this. I have a few passages, but one of the, it's a point I want to bring in today. Uh, but it says, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay. It's interesting that the writer, Pastor Jones, said the Passover of the Jews. Because all through the Old Testament, for instance, in Leviticus 23 and 5, and there's about 25 other references, on the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. Uh, it, it's commemorating and, and remembering the time where Jesus delivered the children of Israel from the grips of old Pharaoh of Egypt. And the death angel passed by, and, and everyone that had blood over the doorpost, they, their firstborn was spared. And you know what? It didn't have to be a Jew, but anybody say, you know, you could be an Egyptian say, you know what? We've seen enough around here. Put the blood over the doorpost. Passover was a, a was a, one of those major uh, three feasts where people came from all over, from all over the known world, to celebrate Passover. So, what made Jesus go off? Well, let me get to that point so you know what I'm talking about. Now, the Passover of the Jews was at hand. See, sometimes we can get so religious. We can just get caught up in the routines of church, just, just going to church or coming in, sitting down, doing whatever, and it just becomes kind of commonplace. And, and, and folks, if they're not careful, they'll start all, letting all kind of stuff go on in church that shouldn't go on in church. Have anybody ever been to a place where you say, huh, <laughs> this is the church? See, people can, can find themselves getting... Uh, irreverent to the church can become religious zealous can, can minimize the holiness of God but God he said I'm the same yesterday today and forever he said I don't change how many know he's still the same today he, he haven't changed since Moses saw the burning bush the bush that was burning and not being consumed. And, and, what, and what did the Lord speak to him out of the burning bush? Take your shoes off. Because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Hey, hey, how many know today we're standing on holy ground? You're sitting on holy pews in the name of Jesus before a holy and righteous God. So the, 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 
So now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business in the temple. Now, see, there's history behind the temple. Now, just for historical purposes, we know that this temple is Herod's temple. See? But we also know that the first temple was built in majesty. See? It, it, tell me, it, it may have been 150 feet high, 20, like 20 stories. It, it, it was so gold everywhere. It, it was so miraculous, not even a hammer was ever heard in the building. Everything that was in there, the beams and the pillars, was all made outside and brought in to the temple of God. They begin to work on the temple, and we're going to read a couple of verses here concerning that. And, 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 and it got into a place where they even took the Ark of the Covenant into the house of the Lord, into the temple. But we know that Israel was hard-headed, stiff-necked, rebellious, and idolatrous. And because of those things, they, the, the temple was, was, was torn apart, was destroyed when, when Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took Jer Judah and Jerusalem and the children of Israel down into captivity. But God in his sovereignty allowed uh, 70 years later for Cyrus and different ones to give the order that the Jews could go back and rebuild. So under Nehemiah building the wall and under Ezra rebuilding the temple, the folks were able to come into the house of God and praise God again to offer their sacrifices, to recognize the God of Israel who bought them out of the land of, 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 of Egypt. And see, and so we're sitting today in God's sanctuary even now. <clears throat> praise God. But again, time went on, rebellion went on, and the children of Israel continued to have issues. <coughs> and, and so, uh, without getting into a whole lot of detail, but then uh, we find in the Roman Empire, <coughs> Herod, who is a descendant of Esau, who was appointed by the Romans and all of his cohorts, his relatives there to, to uh, take, each one had a fourth of the land of Judah to maintain and to rule over. He decided that he would do some work on the temple, rebuild it, get, and it would be called Herod's temple. And we know that it was nothing like the first, but still the temple was set aside, was the sanctified, was set apart for the worship of Yahweh, for the worship of Jehovah, that, that the people of God, they're still under the sacrificial system. They can still come to the house of the Lord and offer up their sacrifices. They can come from near and far. And so that brings us to where we are today because something got under Jesus' skin. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And, and so verse 14, and he found the temple in the temple those who sold oxen. Now get the picture here because people came from all over the known world. They didn't bring the goats and the bulls and the pigeons and all this stuff with them. 
So the money changes, and the folks who said, hey, you know what? We, 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 we got plenty of, of animals here that as y'all come. You can buy from us. What's the problem with that? First of all, they were jacking up the prices. And in the court, the temple and the courtyard and the Gentile court, they had set up, the Gentiles couldn't even get in. The money changers and those who were selling the animals had set up there, and they were selling, ripping the people off. They sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business in the house of God. Where was the worship? Where was the reverence for God? The people had just, God was a byword. The, they were looking holy. People had on their robes and their hats and everything else. And, and, and folks who trying to be real, they were trying to do, and they were, okay, I'll pay $35 instead of five if I have to because you know, God is my God and I want to sacrifice. And they were being exploited. See, people need to understand that every dollar that comes into a church is blood money. It's the blood of Jesus' money. It's not the pastor's money. It's not the deacon board money. It, it's the, it's the, it's, 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 it's resources that come into the house of the Lord for the upbuilding of God's kingdom and to make a difference in the community. It's not to be used for selfish gain. No one should try to take advantage. So people get in trouble sometimes paying their tithes. But well, I guess if I give this much, I'll get back this much. You already messed up. You got the wrong motive. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure. Press down shaking together and running over, God say, will I cause men to give unto your bosom? Thank you, Lord. So watch this. Verse 15. Jesus saw them in verse 14, the money changers, in the house of God doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, now mind you, some of these folks would have been more thinking about Jesus at that point than a man in the moon. He just started his earthly ministry. Over here at a wedding, he just turned the water to wine. Okay, crew, mom, brothers, let's, let's go over to the temple. Jesus gets to the temple and say, what? And so he said, when he had made a whip of cords, a whip, y'all hear me now, right? I'm just talking about the day when Jesus went off. Now this ain't got nothing with you to do with you going off. This is when Jesus went off. You know, didn't, didn't the Bible say that Jesus came meek and lowly, humble and holy, riding on a donkey? With, till, the, the preacher said, till he got to the temple. When he had made a whip of cords, he tied them all together. See, so yeah, this ought to work. You know, some of you daddies and mothers out there know you, you just said, go get me a switch. Don't make me take my belt off. See, I call myself being slick. My mother, you know, raising us by herself. Boy, I get in trouble. Go get me a switch. I go out there and I get one about this big. She said, oh, no, I'm stalled in time. You, no, you go get another one. I come back with a big one like that. 
finally get to the point where she said, now that's the right one. You know, but so, so he made a whip of cords. Listen to this. Jesus drove them out of the temple. Can you, Brother David, can you picture that scene? Jesus got the whip. Oh, no. Money changes? Go, what? Why y'all? You out of here. Okay, let me let the word talk for itself. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all, A-double-L, A-double hockey stick. He, he, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep, take the sheep and the goats and I, take them out of here. Mm -mm, they don't belong here. And he poured out the changes money. He didn't collect the money. He poured out the changes money and overturned the tables. Can you imagine what the religious leader was like, like and the ones who's making the money? And the ones who's making off money off the ones who's making the money? Jesus came in there and told the place up. Praise God. So verse 16. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Take this stuff out of here. Don't come into the house of the Lord just doing anything. Take this stuff out of here. Why did Jesus say that? Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Man, say lie. Don't make my father's house a house of merchandise. Verse 17, then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Psalm 69 and 9. The zeal for the house of God. You know, remember when the writer says, my soul longs, yes, even faint for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cried out for the living God. Anybody feel that way today? Do, do you feel out of pocket when you can't make your way to the house of the Lord, when you can't get in the midst of the saints, when you can't get to where you can corporately worship and magnify the Lord. That's when you know it's something on the inside, working on the outside, that's made a great change in your life. So he said, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Verse 17, then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. In, in short, that probably says the zeal for the house and the things of God will cause his death. So listen to this, verse 18. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show uh, to, to us? What sign do you, do you show to us since you do these things? In short, who have died and left you in charge? Yeah, thank you. Because he said, that's what I, he could have said, that's what I came to do. To die for you because I am in charge. But they said, show us a sign. This was the Jews. This refers to the religious leaders, the Pharisees who were not fair, you see, the Sadducees who were very sad, you see, and the Levites and all these folks. The Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show us since you do 
these things. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple. Somebody say, oh, well, Jesus was a wimp. No, Jesus wasn't no wimp. And matter of fact, meekness, M-E-E-K-N-E-S-S, is not weakness. It's power under control. Thank you, God. So, so Jesus answered him, if you destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Listen to what they said. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build the temple. It took old Herod the Great 46 years to build this place. People get smart with God. He the last one you want to blow off. If you got any kind of sense, when God speaks, we ought to listen. People listen to E.F. Hutton, they sure ought to listen to the Lord. He said, so, so the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. Then the Jews said, I, it, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? Listen to this, verse 21. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. He came to set things in order. He came to live a perfect life in our place that we couldn't live. He, he came to give sight to the blind. He came to raise the dead. He came to unstop deaf ears. He came to die that we might live. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We're hearing all kind of stuff from everybody you can think of, but what is the Lord saying? Thank you, God. Sometimes we listen to ourselves too much. We, we keep playing back the recorder. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to be no good. It ain't nothing but darkness. No, no. Sometimes we need to quit listening to ourselves and listen to what thus saith the Lord. He said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, See, this is what you call a little fast forward in scripture. We're still in, we still in John 2. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said to them what he had said to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. How many today believe the scripture and the words that Jesus hath said? Destroy this body, and in and, and, and three days I'll raise it again. Can't no grave hold this body down. The day that Jesus went off, because if he looked back at the history of the first temple uh, in 1 Kings 6, 11 through 13, then the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, you know, Solomon, David's son, concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, that's the first thing. Hey, how many don't have a problem following God's statutes, following God's decrees, following God's rules, following God's commandments, following God's precepts? He said, you are to concerning the temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, execute my judgments, keep all of my commandments, and walk in them, I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father David. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, 
and will not forsake my people Israel. Is God true to his word? If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. In him is there is no failure, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Kings 9, 1 through 3. And it came to pass. Hey, I love that part. It came to pass. Some of the issues we're going through now, you're going to one day say, it came to pass. I was heavy, I was broken, but it came to pass. That the, the great I am has delivered me. First King 9, 1 through 3, And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time. Hey, 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 if God ever came to you the second time, didn't I tell you it will be all right? Mm. Thank you, God. The Lord appeared to Solomon the second time. As he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have hollowed this house, I have consecrated this house, I have sanctified this house which you have built to put my name there, not for a little while, not for a few centuries, but forever. And get this, he says, and my eyes, this is God talking, the all-seeing one. He said, my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. <laughs> my eyes and my heart will be there forever. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and so the temple had significance to all of the people of God. Even in the time of trouble, people would turn north to the temple. And they would rehearse and they would repeat the word of God. In 2 Chronicles 20, the story of Jehoshaphat, when they were surrounded by the enemy and they didn't know what to do. Matter of fact, he the king now. He said, God, I don't know what to do. God said, thank you. I'm glad you don't, because I do. <laughs> so, so, so in, 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 in 2 Chronicles 20 and 5, then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem. Hey, thank you, God. We all got to have a place where we can steal away. In the house of the Lord. See, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God our fathers, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Can I impose on you all to help me with this today? y'all repeat this prayer after me that, 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 that uh, Jehoshaphat prayed? Let's do it. Oh Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms and the nations? And in your hand there is there, excuse me, and and in your hand is there not power and might? So that no one is able to withstand you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants?
inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwelled in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name saying if disaster comes upon us sword judgment pestilence or famine we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple hey thank you God and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and you will say, hallelujah. Glory be to God. It was something about the temple of God. Something about the house of God. Something about when God consecrated the place. That the Shekinah glory filled the place. The glory of God. Thank you, God. And he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. So now the Bible tells me uh, Pastor Amanda, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hey, hey, amen. We, we may not have the big, big glorious temple uh, to go to now, but the temple is inside of us. I found out during my study that over now, you hear over in Israel where the Jews go to the wailing wall. That's the only wall standing of the temple. Everything else has been torn down. And it's sacred to them. But we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body. Stealing and killing and lying and backbiting and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But he, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Here's the point. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? If, if the people of God, and Jesus in particular, had great reverence for the temple of God, how much more for us the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now just put it into perspective. What Christ has done for us. We didn't just join an entertainment center or a social club. That's why we don't drag folks up here and sit them in a chair and make them sign their name and show us their they, they credit card, their TRW report. If you're in the kingdom of God, you're in the kingdom of God. I would rather see your allegiance to God than to the church building or to the folks in the church. But the fact is, I love Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, brother, sister, amen. Amen. Let's give him praise. Praise God. Thank you. Or, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God? It's important now for us to know who we are. What God has done for us. I'm almost done here. And, and you are not your own? Hello? You are not your own. Sometimes we try to act like we are our own. What we will do, what we will not do, even if God said it. In this temple, the day that Jesus went off, 
Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought with a price? What was that price? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, see, this is what the therefore is there for. Glorify God. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which all belongs to God. See, Paul said, I beseech you, brothers, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Is that where we are today? Are we at a place where we want to please God? Sometimes we're in the business of trying to please folks, and I want to tell you from experience, you can't please folks. Newsflash, you can't please everybody. Try if you want, but please God. For God knows the way that I've taken. He knows my struggles. He knows my pain. Last passage, Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, since we established the fact that we are in this temple that the Holy Spirit resides in this temple. That, that we're no longer our own, we've been bought with a price. That God has great and awesome plans and purposes for us, and God wants us to, to, to represent him in a way that will cause somebody else to say, what must I do to be saved? And so in, in Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, therefore, therefore putting away lying in the temple, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor in the temple. For we are members of one another in the temple. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Be angry and do not sin in the temple. Not, not in three P's church, at home, at the supermarket, at, 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 uh, at the Toyota dealer, whatever it may be. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And don't give place to the devil in the temple. Let him who stole steal no longer. See, see, I, I'm not who I used to be. Thank you, Lord. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. What is our purpose? To help somebody else along the way. Let no corrupt word, Brother Chucky, proceed out of our mouth. Let no corrupt word proceed out of our mouth in the temple. Thank you, Jesus. But what is good for necessary edification? What's good to lift somebody up? What's good to let somebody know, you know what, God has a plan for you. Even though we've had a rough time, but there's, there's joy in the temple. It's that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you in the temple with all malice 
all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Let me say that again. Forgiving one another. Read the third time for the Holy Ghost. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you in the temple. Woo. Praise the Lord. Saints, I just want to let you know that Jesus had a good reason to go off. We don't. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. But Jesus washed me white as snow. 